Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 434, Lord, You I Love With All My Heart. Bear me on that 
in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful. I have disobeyed you and justly deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done. And for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. searches the heart, do you confess your sins of thought, word and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I as a called servant of the word announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for this 19th Sunday after Pentecost is from Amos chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. Amos, again, is a book that is a toughie to read because it speaks a lot of God's judgment or discipline against what was supposed to be his people. Here he talks about people who are feasting and, and happy while there are so many who are unbelieving and that is the problem he's pointing out here. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria. You notable men of the foremost nation, to whom the people of Israel come, go to Calneh and look at it. Go from there to Great Hamath, and then go down to Gath and Philistia. Are they better off than your two kingdoms? Is their land larger than yours? You put off the evil day and bring near a reign of terror. You lie in beds inlaid with ivory and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your lamps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful and use the finest lotions, but you do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph, the unbelievers in the land. Therefore, you will be among the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. Alleluia. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Alleluia.
verses 6 to 16, reading in which Paul talks about not how money is a root of all kinds of evil, but the love of money. When it becomes our God, then it is the root of all kinds of evil. Paul wrote, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierce themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. And we'll continue with our next hymn, hymn number 170, Draw Us to Thee.
chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Story of the rich man and poor Lazarus. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow members of Christ's family, writing in Outreach Up, publication of the Oriental Mission Society, uh, Robert H. Wood, he raised a thought-provoking question about supporting world missions, about supporting missions. He's often heard tourists, for example, just coming away from, well, Haiti, for example, 
and he's heard them say something like this, God broke my heart for missions in Haiti. And the fact is, is that since the earthquake down there in January of 2010, there's been a lot of gifts there to help out those people in that land. Mission efforts have increased quite a bit. Wouldn't be surprised now that it's many years later if that has leveled off. But the, the fact is, is that because of the destruction and all of the problems with that earthquake, people's hearts were moved. But perhaps their hearts were moved because they were looking at people who were lacking physical bread and they decided they needed to help them and they weren't maybe thinking as much as they could or should about the fact that what the people needed more than anything else was spiritual bread and that is the bread of life, Jesus Christ. They needed the gospel, they needed the word of God, that's what they needed more than anything else. But now what Mr. Wood did recognize is that sometimes what God has to do is he has to wake us up to people's needs and maybe an earthquake like that woke up people to the needs of the people down in Haiti and their need to hear the gospel message. But he wonders if visitors to Haiti were to scroll through, say for instance, average middle or upper class, upper middle class suburb in America, would they then be responded, re, would they then be moved to respond to that by saying, God broke my heart for missions in the suburbs? You know, the sight of well manicured lawns, expensive homes, and beautiful cars. Would that get people to recognize, you know, these people as well, they need to have the gospel. They need to hear about Jesus the Savior. You know, the gospel message, it is something for the suburbanite as well as the slum dweller. It's for the rich as well as for the poor in this life. But saying that really then leads us to ask, as this parable or story of the rich man and poor Lazarus leads us to ask, are we truly rich or poor? Are we truly rich or poor? And, well, this parable gives us answers to that question. Are we truly rich and poor or poor, well, in life or in death? or in eternity. Jesus had been talking to his followers about the importance of being trustworthy in handling worldly goods, worldly possessions. And he had said that you can't serve both God and money, yet you can only have one real master in your life. And well, the master that we'll want to have in our life, of course, would be God, not money. We don't want money and possessions to become a God in our lives. But amongst those who were listening to Jesus that day, there were Pharisees. And what Luke says of those Pharisees, Pharisees is he says they loved money. 
And when Jesus here was warning them about greed, well, they sneered at Jesus. So in this parable, what Jesus is doing is he's warning them, warning us how an improper attitude toward money and riches, how that can affect a person's attitude toward God and to one another, and will have dreadful consequences for us in the next life. With just a few words, what Jesus does here is he describes the two men in this story. First, there was a rich man. Talks about how he was dressed in fine clothes, how he enjoyed a life of luxury every day. And when you think about him, he wasn't what you would on the surface say was a, a bad man. He probably could have had a very good reputation. He could have been a very respected man. But his goal in life was set too low, and that was his real problem. He believed that the important thing in this life was just to enjoy life's good things. Well, that's the rich man. And then we have Lazarus. Lazarus is the exact opposite. He was poor. He was satisfied, happy to eat scraps that came from the rich man's table. His body was covered with painful sores, it says here, and, well, he was unable to help himself, so he was carried by others and plopped down there by the rich man's gate, even though, even though the rich man really had no real time or interest to do anything to help out poor Lazarus. The rich man in this story, he made three key mistakes. The first mistake was that he mistook his body for his soul. And when he mistook his body for his soul, he thought that what he needed to do is everything that he could to take care of his body and he forgot about his soul. He forgot that the soul was the most important part and he cared for his body first and foremost. And then he mistook man for God. And what I mean by that is, instead of having God as his master and God the one he would want to live for, he was living for himself and for his earthly joys, for enjoying life. That's what he was focusing on as being most important. And then also what he did is he mistook time for eternity. And instead of thinking about his eternal life and the life after this life as being what's really important, focusing in on being ready for that life, he thought that this current life now that that's what is most important. And tragically, he wasn't prepared for the life to come. He wasn't prepared for the life to come. That was his mistake. Well, that was the rich man. He didn't know 
Perhaps he didn't even care that he was a sinner. He wasn't living in faith, and that made him, no matter how much earthly goods he had, he was really poor in this life. But now what about Lazarus? Actually, there isn't a whole lot that is said here about Lazarus. Well, his name is mentioned. His name, it means trusts in God. That reveals that he was a sinner who lived his faith. And that means that someone somewhere along the line must have preached the gospel to him so that well, he knew his sin, but he also knew the promises of God. He knew the answer to the problem of sin, and he had that hope for eternal life because, well, the Holy Spirit had worked in his heart. And now that made him rich in this life, even though he didn't have much in the line of earthly goods. And now the lives of these two men reminds us why we need the gospel. Why we need the gospel, why we need to keep on preaching the gospel so that sinners can live in faith, so that we can see our problems, so that we can see the answer that's in Jesus our Savior, so that sinners like us can know what's really important in this life right now. And that's not life's pleasures and treasures that's not what's most important, but living in faith in our Savior as Lazarus did here. Oh, he had a terribly lousy life when you think about it by human standards. But because Jesus was in his life, because he had the promises of God, his life far surpassed the life of the rich man in this story. And now what we need in our lives, of course, is Jesus and the gospel in our lives so that we also can be truly rich in this life. Our Savior said, the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. No one would wait on Lazarus in this life, although there were those who carried him to the gate of the rich man's home, but they weren't waiting on him. But in his death, he had angels that were waiting on him and serving him. They carried him to heaven, it says. And, well, Lazarus, he had suffered so much in this life but he was patient under his suffering and he knew how to do without the things that well, the people of his day would have thought as being things that you needed to have to live your everyday life. But he enjoyed the Father's assurance of forgiveness and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that peace of conscience, so in faith and as a truly rich man, poor Lazarus died, he passed away and in faith he woke up in heaven. That's the picture we have here. 
And after his death, well, the rich man also died. Probably had a very elaborate funeral. But what good did that do him once he was in the grave? Since he was in the grave and since he had died without faith as a truly poor man. Doris Duke was the daughter of American Tobacco Company founder James Buchanan Duke. When she was just 14 years of age back in 1925, her father died, leaving her a fortune which was absolutely huge, especially at that time, a fortune of $133 million. She became the richest girl in the world at that time and, well, took to heart her father's dying wishes. Her father, before he died, had said to her that she should deny herself nothing. And she did what her father told her to do. She denied herself nothing. She entangled herself in numerous affairs, in drugs and alcohol. She spent astronomical amounts of money on pieces of artwork, but she refused to fix the broken toilet seats that were in the quarters of those people who were working for her. Her phrase, be a user, not a loser, that was a favorite expression of hers as she hoarded her money to exploit others, to take advantage of others. And when she died on October 28th of 1993, she was 82. She had no family, no friends, no heirs, no heirs in death. Really, what you'd have to say is that she was just as poor as the poor man in this story of the rich man and poor Lazarus. She may have had all kinds of cash, but really, she was poor. Neither Doris Duke nor the rich man knew what it meant to be really rich, to be truly rich. Now understand, of course, that there's nothing wrong with a person in this life using his time and talents and treasures to advance himself, to gain a fortune for himself if that's what God allows him to do in this life. As a matter of fact, God does want us to faithfully use the time and the talents and the treasures that he has given to us. But it's not wrong to go after those things unless accompanying our desire to gain more is this sinful desire, sinful desire of discontent, being dissatisfied or blaming God or saying that God isn't giving us the things that we deserve in this life, that God isn't treating us fairly. You know, remember what, God, what the Apostle Paul said. But godliness with contentment is great gain. 
For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. For the love of money, not just money itself, but the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Godliness with contentment, Paul says here, that's the secret to being truly rich in this life. Having Jesus and his grace and love with us in this life and throughout our life and when, I die, when we die, that makes us truly rich. Well, in hell, this rich man was terribly tormented. And when he saw Abraham and Lazarus in heaven, he called out, Father Abraham, have pity on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am, in, I am in agony in this fire. In this life, that rich man had been too concerned about enjoying life and he hadn't been concerned at all about his eternal life. He hadn't been concerned at all about the life to come, life beyond the grave. But now he knew the awfulness of an eternity without God. You know, scoffers have mocked and said things like this. If there's a hell, I'm not too worried because I'll have plenty of company. But you know, hell isn't a place for joyful parties. If, our, if a person's earthly friends are there, that doesn't mean they're going to be best buds hanging out in hell because there will be no friends, no friendship in hell at all. In hell, there will be no love, just hate. That's the absence of love, the absence of God's love, the absence of God. That's what makes it hell. It's a place of poverty forever because it's a an awful place of separation from God and all of his blessings. Well, to the rich man's request, Abraham responded, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. One consequence that follows sin is that as a man is judged, so he will be forever, so he'll remain. Hell's pain and suffering is permanent. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need to preach Jesus and the gospel so that the Holy Spirit can graciously work on people's hearts, work on people's hearts with the gospel message 
to free more souls from the wages of sin, which is death, eternal death, so that they and we are forgiven sinners and will be able to enjoy eternity and being truly blessed and truly rich with God's love and blessings forever. Hell and its suffering, make no mistake, it is eternal for those who reject Christ. That's a horrible fact. That's a horrible fact. There is no more threat, flight, frightening thought. But what comfort we believers can get even now from knowing that heaven and the joys of heaven, they're never ending for us who, who by God's grace believe in Jesus our Savior. When the rich man realized that nothing could be done to ease his suffering, when, it, when he realized it was too late for him, he asked Abraham if he could send Lazarus to his brothers to preach to them. But Abraham responded, they have Moses and the prophets, the Old Testament. Let them listen to them. Abraham's point here was simple. His brothers still in this life they didn't need Lazarus to return to them. And for that matter, they didn't even need Jesus himself to come to them in a physical form. Nor do we need Jesus to come back to us. Jesus said, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. See what sinners in this world need more and more of is faithful preaching of the word of God. More and more study of the word of God. Because as scripture says, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. And that's what makes us truly rich. The word of God working on our hearts, calling us to faith, making us believing children of God, helping us to grow in our faith and helping us to grow as servants of our Savior. Well, now, back to that question we asked at the beginning. Are we truly rich or poor? Are you truly rich or poor? You know, to answer that question, we don't need to look at our bank accounts or our retirement savings or the house we live in. Instead, we can look into our hearts. We can look into our hearts and when we see our Savior, and his grace and love there, then we can really say, yes, Jesus and his love, it makes me, it makes you the richest people around, truly rich because of 
Jesus. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. Mercifully grant, O God, that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts, for without your help we are unable to please you. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Oh, and in our prayers today, our special prayers, ask you to please continue to keep my dad in your prayers as, as he's still dealing with rehab and hopefully getting better so that maybe he could go home, but with some care, with some nurse nursing care. Please keep that in your prayers. Please keep Paula Burris and the infections with her legs that she continues to deal with. Keep praying for Stan Krawczyk, whose daughter was called to her eternal home a week and a half ago. And Stan continues to deal with the effects of shingles, causing him some grief. And, and well, Colleen, she's doing better now past the COVID. But as we think of all of these people, we pray, Lord God, according to your will, please grant healing if that is your will, but please especially keep on giving to all the people in our prayer list. Give them your grace and love. Give them your help and strength. Give them, give all of us your grace and love because 
We all need your help to keep on fighting the good fight of faith. We live in a sinful world with all kinds of problems and troubles. And Satan is always trying to attack us, but we're so blessed because we have your grace and your mercy and your love. And with your grace and your mercy and your love, now we're so rich even now, rich in Christ. Help us always to remember how blessed we are in our Savior. And, and we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple of announcements to share with you. Well, today is Eli Vanderlee's birthday. Monday is Don Kunkel, Lynn Morris, and little Vivian's birthdays. Monday's also Dave and Sue Metzger's anniversary. Thursday, Burr Webb has a birthday. Todd and Liz Hubert have an anniversary. I believe that's what I have for announcements right now. Again, thank you for joining me for worship today. The Lord bless and keep you always.